Welcome to Grad Chats with Dr. B. I'm your host, Dr. B, and today I have with me Dr. Nancy Reese, Dean of the College of Health and Behavioral Sciences here at the University of Central Arkansas. Dr. Reese, thank you for joining me in this episode of Grad Chats with Dr. B. Thanks for having me, Dr. B. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Awesome. So let's just jump right in. Um, if you could start off by talking a little bit about your background, um, you know, like who are you outside of UCA or what are your professional experiences that you had prior to becoming Dean of the College of Health and Behavioral Sciences? Sure, I'm happy to. Um, so I am a native Arkansan. Mm -hmm. I am a first generation college student. Okay. And I uh, grew up in Little Rock. Uh, mm -hmm. went to Central High School, uh, went to college, started at Hendrix. Um, wasn't a great fit for me, a little bit too mm -hmm. small when coming from a big school like Central. So sure. transferred to UCA and um, that fit a lot better mm -hmm. for me. And I did my undergraduate degree at UCA in physical therapy. That's back when physical therapy was at the baccalaureate le level. So that tells you mm -hmm. how old I am. Um, <laughs> and then from there, while I was in PT school, I knew that I wanted to get involved in physical therapy education. Okay. And so um, after I graduated, I worked in the profession for a while, uh, for several years. And then I got a letter from UCA um, asking me to apply for a faculty position. Mm. And at that time I was enrolled in a master's degree program so um, I applied for this position and I was hired mm -hmm. and I was able to finish my master's degree while I was teaching full-time at UCA. I knew at that time that if I wanted to continue as a faculty member, I was gonna have to get a PhD. Mm -hmm. And I was very um, nervous about sure. doing yeah. something that it seemed really overwhelming to me at mm -hmm. that time. So I finished my master's degree, which was in health administration. And I left UCA and did an administrative residency at Arkansas Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. thinking, well, if I became a hospital administrator, then I wouldn't have to do a PhD. <laughs> so um, found out after about six months that I didn't want to be that person who had to negotiate with surgeons who got the operating room first. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, no, this is not for me. So I really missed UCA, really missed teaching. So um, I said, okay, I'm gonna have to do a PhD. So yeah. I went back, came back to UCA, um, started my PhD at University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. Mm -hmm. and um, in the Department of Anatomy. And I was their first part-time PhD student. Really? Okay. Yes. And they had never done part-time before. Mm -hmm. and I somehow convinced them that I could make that work. Mm -hmm. So I took gross anatomy in the mornings and came back to UCA and taught in the afternoons or, mm -hmm. um, you know, did that kind of a schedule for about five years um, did my research in the summer. So I did not teach in the summer. I did, did spend the summer in the research labs and um, finished my PhD there and continued at UCA teaching, doing some research, 
um, got involved in the Bren program, which did research. So I got a couple of the fellowships at, in the Bren program, which is mm-hmm. a biomedical research infrastructure network okay. um, that UAMS runs and has run for many, many years. Wrote a couple of books, was a full-time faculty member after I finished my PhD for about 10 years. And then I became department chair. Mm-hmm. And I was department chair for 16 years and then became dean of the college just yeah. a year ago. So that's sort of my uh, professional tra- trajectory. I've stayed in Arkansas this whole time because mm-hmm. my spouse um, has a dental practice here in town. And so we are okay. geographically here. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is where I've grown. Well, it's worked out to UCA's yeah. advantage, right? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yes, yes. Um, maybe we'll see. <laughs> that is yet to be seen, but maybe yeah. so. Well, you just finished your first year as dean. And so uh, what are some of the highlights of this first year as you reflect back? Oh, this has been a, a great and really, really interesting year. Mm-hmm. From helping the college managed through COVID and all of the personal protective equipment that mm-hmm. had bought uh, for our health professions programs and our students mm-hmm. and uh, ordered and gotten into place and procedures developed around all of those programs that have to be face-to-face, mm-hmm. um, even if we're in the middle of a pandemic, to the last year of construction on the interprofessional teaching center and the integrated health sciences building to figuring out what the integrated um, teaching center is going to look like and how that's going to operate, hiring the director of operations for that facility, uh, working with Jeff Standridge and the Arkansas Conductor Network and our um, interprofessional uh, teaching center task force that Mm -hmm. really did tons of work in the fall of 2020 and the spring of 21 to develop a vision for that mm-hmm. teaching center. Um, moving into this build, this new building, all of that has just been, it's been all this past year and it's been just a bit of a whirlwind, but absolutely exhilarating. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, this, the new building and you've mentioned the, I, I, think of it in my head as teaching clinic, but you've, you've given it a bigger label than that. So can you talk a little bit about what that is, what this clinic is, and then how um, it might enhance your graduate programs in your college? Absolutely. Well, we call it the Interprofessional Teaching Center because it is a center for education, first and foremost, mm-hmm. and it is a center for interprofessional education. So we have a lot of health professions programs here in the college. Um, generally, they stay in their own little space. Mm-hmm. There has been over the past several years a real effort at integrating those professions with each other so that they work together because in the healthcare field, no one works in a silo. And right. the patient is benefited when all the health professions communicate with each other around that patient's needs and they work together. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to train our health professions students to work with each other, to know intimately what their other professions Mm -hmm. can do, what their skills are, how to refer a patient to another Mm -hmm. health profession when needed and how to communicate those needs 
uh, with those other professionals. So this teaching center will help our students do that by having multiple health professions in that space at the same time, working together to deliver care to patients that are seen in that center. Mm-hmm. So these are and real patients coming in. Real patients will come okay. in. We'll have real patients. We will have uh, simulated patients, which are um, individuals from the community who will serve as quote patients. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be trained how to portray a patient, portray okay. different disorders. Mm-hmm. And so they will um, participate as well. And we will have faculty members over there, full-time faculty members, adjunct faculty members in the various disciplines who can work with the students and say, okay, we just saw this particular patient. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about their needs. Let's talk about their plan of care. Let's talk about who should be involved in this plan of care. Mm -hmm. What disciplines do we need and how can they contribute? And what, what would happen if the patient presented like this And how would you communicate with this other health professional to get their cooperation, to get um, that patient to them? How is that going to work? How can you work together to really meet this patient's needs? So um, those kinds of activities we've been doing in a simulated way, Mm -hmm. like in in the simulation center or in simulated scenarios but not in real situations. So this is gonna be an opportunity for our students to really work with true patients and their colleagues in different areas. So for the listeners who are not familiar with your college, what are examples of some of the health fields or professionals that would be working in this setting? Great question. So we have uh, nursing, dietetics, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech language pathology, psychology, mm-hmm. addiction studies, probably some health promotion, mm-hmm. health coaching. Um, we have um, exercise science, uh, athletic training. Mm-hmm. And they're involved in all that too. That's awesome. Correct. So we'll, we'll have a lot of different disciplines who are, who have the opportunity to come over into this space and, and participate in that. Yeah in the interdisciplinary or interprofessional um, practice. Yes. Well, that, so that's really exciting. That's um, obviously uh, about to launch, right? The building has just, y'all have just moved in and you're building towards the future and being able to have this clinic. That's obviously a selling point to potential students. What are some other key features of your college that, um, that you think about when you're recruiting students to join your graduate programs? UCA has a long history of uh, graduate education in this college, a long history of health professions education, and many of our graduate programs are in the health professions. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of expertise among the faculty Mm -hmm. and among these programs. Um, Many of them have been in existence for over 50 years. Mm -hmm. So they may have started at an undergraduate level, but have grown into the graduate level over the years. And even though they're not uh, new programs, mm-hmm. they've had this long history, but they've been innovative over mm-hmm. the years. So they have moved, when the profession has moved to different degree levels, they have moved mm-hmm. to those different degree levels. And some of the programs were among the first to move to higher level degrees. So they have this history of excellence and a history of innovation. Mm-hmm. So that reputation 
mm-hmm. um, in the state and outside the state of Arkansas has really mm-hmm. been developed very well. So we have a lot of our faculty who are involved at national levels. They are experts in their field. They are specialists mm-hmm. and they provide that level of really superior level of education here Mm -hmm. at UCA. And I think the one of the strategic advantages that we have here at UCA is that we're committed to providing education to individuals at a reasonable cost. Uh That's true. And we have some other programs in the state of Arkansas that are very similar to the programs that we have at UCA. Mm-hmm. They are much more expensive. Right. And we don't want to graduate students from any of our programs that are burdened with excessive debt. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really key point about the programs in the College of Health and Behavioral Sciences mm-hmm. is that not only are they excellent, not only do they have this great reputation, but they are reasonably priced. Yes. And that is um, because of the dedication of this university to providing access to education for students across the state of Arkansas and beyond. Yes. You know, I moved here four years ago now and um, from out of state. And so coming in, that was one of the things that obviously jumped out to me um, around the tuition and just the cost and and how um, competitive our tuition is because it is much lower than uh, many of our competitors in state, out of state and so forth. Uh, So that is definitely a selling feature. And I imagine like you spoke about the expertise of your faculty that they bring to this process. And I imagine that also has helped to like infiltrate the community so that there are rich partnerships and rich connections um, that surround us that actually lead to even a stronger experience for our graduate students. Absolutely. So um, because of the history of the programs here and the long, the long connections um, of individuals in those programs with our clinical partners, we have very strong relationships with um, healthcare uh, providers and mm-hmm. other em- and employers um, across the state, outside the state of Arkansas, uh, strong reputations. So I will, I'll have um, alumni who who, for example, will have moved to another state or have taken their loved one to a specialty area in uh, Dallas or St. Mm-hmm. Louis or some of those other places. And they'll come back and say, wow, they know all about this program at UCA. They know all about the mm-hmm. occupational therapy program at UCA. They were talking about how good it is. They were talking about how good our nurses at UCA are. They're talking about good, how good our physical therapists are. Um, and so they, that, that reputation extends beyond the borders of Arkansas. And, mm-hmm. um, and we have those, and those partnerships are critical to the reputation because our students have the ability to go lots and lots of places to get their um, clinical experiences. Awesome. So thinking about the students um, in the programs currently, what advice do you have for a student who's currently in a graduate program in the College of Health and Behavioral Sciences? I would say that my main advice is, well, I have two. So one of them is don't be like me and don't be afraid of (laughs) uh, your graduate education. Uh Yes, you can do it. It's 
one day at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just perseverance. It's perseverance mm -hmm. and sticking with the program, right? So don't be afraid. But the second thing is to get everything that you can out of that education, because mm -hmm. unlike undergraduate education, where sometimes the focus is on, you know, passing the test, mm -hmm. uh, making the right in that class, and then, okay, that class is over. I don't have to do that anymore. In graduate school, it's we're like there to learn for a mm -hmm. lifetime. So uh, knowing that this is gonna be something that you're gonna use throughout your life, that you're going to um, have those skills and need those skills for your professional life, that means having a different viewpoint mm -hmm. and really taking the time to know and learn and retain that material. And it's a different mindset and a different way of studying that I think students really need to embrace if they're going to graduate school. Yeah, it's, it's a shift in your thinking. It um, and yes. it's our job to help facilitate that shift as soon as possible so exactly. that we can get the most out of our graduate education. Yeah, absolutely. That's very good advice. Don't be like Dean Reese. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I don't know about you, but I know what helped me going through graduate school is I, this is going to sound horrible. I would look around at faculty, you know, on my campus and pick out people and be like, if he can do this, I can do this. You know? <laughs> Right. So finding inspiration in other people always helped me. And like you said, don't look at the huge picture, like focus on today. Right. And what exactly. can I do today to take positive steps? Those are really great pieces of advice. Um, Deed Reese, I really appreciate you taking time to, to talk with me today and share your ideas with our listeners. Um, I want to thank our listeners for listening to this episode of Grad Chats with Dr. B. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and listen to future episodes. Well, it was my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Dr. B.